from a Midwestern SNL. He puts the money in a quick drying inkwell. Takes a lost gets cross, walks to the corner store, pulls a knife, calls his wife, can't take it anymore. Look out, Joe, how far will it go? Take away the fire away. Tim Robbins, Giancarlo Esposito, Ray Wise, Gore Vidal, John Cusack, Peter Gallagher, Alan Rickman, Susan Sarandon. Herb, why are you listing all the greatest stars of the last 30 years? <laughs> what if I told you all these wonderful performers appear together in the same movie? That movie is Bob Roberts, written and directed by Tim Robbins. E two. Uh, e uh... <laughs> How's that for an intro art? <laughs> Maybe tell the people what the film's about. Bob Roberts is a mockumentary about a uh, Pennsylvania senatorial candidate named Bob Roberts, played by Tim Robbins, who's a uh, uh, sort of conservative folk hero. He writes uh, these folk songs that uh, 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 have uh, expressed these extremely uh, conservative ideals and values, and they're wonderful. And... Uh, uh, the uh, film is uh, uh, sort of presented as a documentary uh, being made by this British documentarian who's sort of dispassionate. Um, and uh, uh, you basically... Uh, are, are we spoiling this one? Can we talk yeah, about Yeah, yeah, whatever you want to talk yeah. about. Yeah. I don't basically, think there's anything that we can't say. You kind of jump in in the middle of the campaign and uh, the, the film kind of leads up to his, his election uh, over... Uh, uh, What's his name? Brickley Paste, played by Gore Vidal. Played by Gore Vidal. Who's the uh, incumbent. Yeah, that's Bob Roberts. Arik, you watched it. What, what did you think of this movie? Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, the the I really, really enjoyed it. The only criticism I would maybe have is that it was, it, it, I think parts of it maybe dragged a, a little bit. Uh -huh. But I thought it was brilliant. Like, really, really funny. Um, really smart. And interesting. The cast is, as you highlighted, insane. You didn't even list everyone people have heard of who's in that film. Like, you didn't list James Spader. You didn't list uh, Helen Hunt. You didn't list Jack Black, an incredibly oh, right. young Jack Black. Jack Black's first Jeremy Piven and his sister. Like, Bob the, Balaban. Bob Balaban. I mean, the cast is... I, every two minutes in this film, I was like, what the hell? Like, what? How did... What? You know, it's just like... Absolutely ludicrous! Uh, how, how many, how many incredibly uh, well-known people were in this film? But I, I think, um, I mean, I'm going to take a guess here Herb, that okay. you might have chosen this film due to its somewhat uh, superficial similarities to the reality of a certain political election season that we're currently uh, involved in. Well, not only that, uh, I think every every time there's a, a political cycle that kind of uh, especially presidential uh, elections and and campaigns and when they hit their fever pitch i always find myself rewatching this movie it is extremely resonant with current situations but when uh when bush jr was coming to power there were so many parallels there with uh the uh, alan rickman and and uh what's his name again gary wise greg wise Laura oh, Palmer's dad. Ray Wise. Ray Laura Wise, Palmer's yeah. dad from Twin Peaks, which, yeah. oh yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they kind of have like a Cheney, Carl, Carl Rove presence. You know, there's there's something sort of universal about the portrayal of, um, uh, of the way Republicans uh, uh, and conservatives sort of sell this idea of, of returning to values that never really existed to their base and, and, and get these like, you know, kind of built this build this cult of personality around themselves. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that you're right that there are parallels to a variety of different elections, specifically definitely that Carl Rove thing. But I think the current situation is, like, eerily prescient in this film. Like, the Someone says, make America great at one point. Yeah, and this is 1992. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, let's let's start with okay. So, so the film is a it it, it describes itself in the in the opening moments as a documentary, uh-huh. which is funny because it's obviously not. But yeah. it's a it's a mockumentary, I believe is the uh, the term yes. about um, about this you know this senatorial candidate named Bob Roberts who is um, has made his bones on being a folk singer, right? But and in and, and specifically and creepily, he has made him his name on being a Bob Dylan uh, obsessed folk singer. Who, Do you think in the world, in the yes. universe of Bob Roberts, that is the case? Yes. Okay. I, well, I don't know. Maybe not. So to, to give everybody out there, because I don't know how many of you have seen this, I'd never even heard of this movie until you asked me to watch it. Uh, every single step of his career is uh, Bob Dylan. I think, yeah, so like he's, you know, uh, the freewheeling uh, Bob Roberts, uh, Bob on Bob. Times uh, they are changing back. Times they are changing back, yeah. So yeah. I think it is a reference to Bob Dylan because he's an anti-60s crusader, right? So I think he's... It certainly is a reference to Bob Dylan. In the no, whole. I don't mean, I mean in the film. Yeah, I think because he's specifically he's a crusader against the folk music era of the '60s, right? He constantly talks about how the '60s are over. That's not what's happening anymore, and and everything. So all of his songs. So I don't want to get stuck on this point. Okay, but I disagree with you. Well, that's fine. <laughs> Y'all should watch it out there and and let us know what you think. Um, is it an intentional in-world thing or a meta reference? At any rate, all of his songs are reactionary. Folk music, which I found to be probably the, the the single most brilliant thing about this film, is that so he has like a like a folk songs are traditionally almost exclusively, I would say, the function of sort of unions and liberal thinkers, yeah, and it's a genre of the people of the people and songs about struggle. And so his songs are things like yeah, the times are changing back, and uh, don't vote, and uh, he often and, and adopts these the persona of the disenfranchised and you know ridicules them there's a song uh where he sings about his you know grandmother being ashamed about her inheritance oh yeah where he's not he's not ashamed to be rich yeah not ashamed to be rich yeah talks about people who don't want to work but have everything handed to them and whine all the time anyway yeah yeah all of his stuff are like incredibly hateful uh pseudo you know a little i don't know if he goes really racist but there um there is a little bit uh the the, the race uh, issue is addressed in this film um, very subtly in a few moments, but Bob Roberts is never really explicitly racist. The, there's a moment they have a uh, uh, he has a company called Lonesome Dove, which figures very broken heavily. Broken Dove? I, is, is it Broken it, Dove? I think it's Broken Dove. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, but yeah, he has he has a he has a, a very he has a, a broken dove. Yeah, he has a yeah. he has a, a relief organization. This this company factors very heavily into the plot, um, and a lot of it you just kind of have to piece together uh, as an audience member because it's sort of in the present of the film is a company that does uh, uh, you know outreach to youth and tries to keep youth off drugs and you know helps build hospitals and things like that. But it's pretty clear that it, at one point was. Uh, uh, you know, illegally using money that was uh, uh, supposed to be for low-income housing and uh, instead was used to purchase, to buy planes to smuggle drugs. And, and Bob Roberts' considerable fortune 
uh, uh, kind of stems from these shady dealings. Yeah, so he's an anti-drug crusader who was, in fact, a drug dealer. Yeah. 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 And and has sort of an Oliver North type, uh, Carl Rovian advisor played by Alan Rickman who is constantly going up before Senate hearings. And is very brilliant in the role. Is is very brilliant, but is so painfully British that it's like hard for him to be American. And so he still speaks with I that Alan Rickman. I can't even tell if he's trying to do an American accent. <laughs> <laughs> it's like faux American. It's, yeah. like, it's like, don't he didn't lean in real hard on that. I don't think I don't think Rickman really broke a sweat on this one, but he does a great job. He comes off as as almost like, you know, in the way that some of these politicians, like Strom Thurmond, like it's like they forget how to be people. <laughs> They're such monsters that the yeah. hu- humanity, you know, just in the way they just, just him standing and making faces, he just comes off as, as very like, you know, something doing an impression of a person rather than actually being a person. That's very well said. Yeah. He's, he's he's almost like just just an agent of, of evil with no real like character, with no person yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Whereas yeah. Ray Wise kind of is this... He's more over genuine, yeah, 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 attempting to run the thing. But um, I was actually sorry. I brought, I brought up uh, Broken Dove. Oh, sure. Because of the, uh, uh, they have a, a beauty pageant, and they're on the bus with a few of the the winners. Oh, this was a racist, yeah. Moment. And one yeah, of them yeah, makes yeah. a very casual joke about never having tried fried chicken before, and everyone on the bus cracks up. And and Roberts has one um, black aide who you can see, you know, he's. This sort of use used to just like ignoring people's casual racism, but yeah. it's not you know not unaffected by it, right? Yeah, no, yeah, but it's not a. I would not say that's a big part of his agenda, Bob Roberts. He's very, he's more. The, so one of the criticisms of this film he's, that he's I saw, calling a, a crack the great equalizer. That's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. One of the criticisms I saw of this film is that it's essentially a Reagan era political satire, but it's taking, but it's the nineties. Uh-huh. And that some people at the time felt like it was out of touch, which I don't find at all. But he definitely is like a, like you know, very Reagan style. Uh, obviously, a, a ridiculous. Uh, well, not ridiculous for this time, but mm-hmm. for that time, ridiculous parody of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, very anti drugs, very uh, pro. You know, trust in in big government and these kinds of things, or in government, I guess, in general, and this kind of. He's much more Reagan than than I think the ninety two election season. I I think ultimately what this movie is, and uh, I don't want to uh, uh, upset any of your conservative listeners. Yeah, go ahead. You know, this is a this is an apolitical podcast, I assume. <laughs> uh, Tim Robbins, you know, uh, Tim Robbins, who's married to Susan Sarandon, I believe they're still married. I believe so. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Susan Sarandon has been in the news a lot lately uh, for being a crazy liberal. They're oh, not together anymore. Wow. Oh, that's so sad. That is, that is so sad. But anyway, what, Susan... what hope does love have? <laughs> when, when Tim Roberts and yeah. Susan Sarandon uh, broke up in 2009, we are definitely, um, we're, not, we're not our finger far from the pulse. We don't follow that kind of nonsense. No, we don't. And it's not exactly, you know, it's not Benefer. <laughs> <laughs> But I think your point, what you were getting at, was still a valid one. Yeah, so they're they're continue. they're known for being extremely, extremely liberal, and I think I think what this this film isn't really about satirizing a particular politician. It's it's really just a vessel for Tim Robbins to get his uh, politics across. I agree in a very subtle way. It's a, it's, yeah. it's it's a very funny movie, especially for the first hour, um, and then. But it's also at its core extremely cynical about American politics. Yes. And, I would say uh, I personally don't have, you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that I am completely aligned with his political views, but I don't have any big problems with any of the more extreme 
views, uh, most of which come from Gore Vidal. Who... Oh, okay. I thought you were saying you were aligned with Bob Roberts' political. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> the, the, the film. The politics of the film. The, not the, the politics the of character. the filmmaker, but not the, not the character. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Gore Vidal, apparently Gore Vidal, the politics he espouses in the film were just his actual beliefs. Yeah. Tim Robbins they just said, just, just talk. Just say whatever you want, yeah. And it's a lot of, you know, criticism of the uh, uh, military-industrial complex yeah. and the National Security Council. and So, just to give a little background, so you have... Um, you have Bob. You have this Bob Roberts, who's this very f- slimy fake showman, who's so perfect he's almost robotic, right? He's doing this f- this folk singing, and he's running for senator, and then he's running against a long term incumbent who is clearly of the like JFK, RFK, sixties era, yeah. who is like very liberal, very um, you know uh, supportive of of all the causes that you know you would think, and and is an old fashioned guy with like a bow tie. Sort right. of, sort of weary from the system. Yeah, destroyed know. by decades of, of political just nonsense, and now being attacked by this completely superficial politician who has absolutely no experience. Right, is clearly shady and involved yeah, in no all scruples. kinds of stuff. No scruples, and is all substance over stu- uh, style over substance. Right, it's all style. It's yeah. that he's literally rock, rocking up the, the the music charts, and that's how he's going to get elected. Yeah, he doesn't really stand for anything except for those sort of empty conservative platitudes that you hear all the time. And yeah. I think that's sort of what the point of the character is: is he he doesn't really stand for anything, and he's kind of saying the same thing that we hear over and over. Which I think is why this movie is so easy to go back to and feels very modern, despite the fact that it's it's pretty old. You know, the the laptop that Bob Roberts uses on his tour bus is it's amazing. Yeah, it's like the tiniest little screen on this giant laptop. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. He's typing so slowly. Mm, but I yeah, love yeah. It. yeah, it's great. But yeah. you know, the uh, the media is is completely uh, uh, accountable, or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't articulate it. They're they're complicit. They're in, completely in, complicit. Yeah. And, you know, like, Bob Roberts has a picture of uh, uh, Gore Vidal's character dropping off his daughter's friend with his daughter in the back of the car. The daughter is cropped out of the photo, and it turns into this... They turn it into the scandal about him dating an underage girl. And the story doesn't go away. And in the way that the media will just speculate to get the idea in people's heads, like, there's a lot of, uh, you know, is he lying or isn't he lying? Um, And it's clear that the whole thing is a fabrication and should just go away. But once the accusation is made, uh, uh, Gore Vidal's character can't, can't shake it. The overwhelming need that the media has for a narrative and for some sort of drama that, you know, especially, and I think about that a lot in this upcoming election where the, I think the most dangerous thing in America right now might be the media's need for this to seem competitive and for this to seem close and for this to seem rational and that they will push those agendas uh, hard on a situation which might otherwise... And they might actually bend the situation to fit their media narrative. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I think if there's one thing that's sort of changed, it's that uh, that news is so much more entertainment than it's ever been. Totally. They, they really care about their numbers. They really care about being the station that people go to. And it doesn't matter, you know... That's not by doing the best job at telling the news. That's no. by telling the most, you know, sensational stories. Yeah, and, and additionally, they have too much time. Uh, the, you know, the, this is not a new perspective, but the modern day, and by modern day, I mean within the last fifteen years, news media is at a level of uh, of uh, coverage that was intended for nine uh, eleven level events. Yeah. like they they have they're trying to fill a twenty four hour news cycle when there's not twenty four hours of news. 
right, of news that anyone would care about outside of, like, super local news, right? And so yeah. they they are, they end up creating news to fill that time. They're, yeah. they're a news generation rather than just a news coverage. I think we've seen with the uh, uh, nomination cycle, you know, I don't think Trump gets nominated if he doesn't get so much coverage. And he gets so much coverage because he's the one that people want to hear about. And at first it was because he was sort of a joke. Yeah. And now he's the presumptive nominee. And by the time, you know... By the time people hear this podcast, we might we might already be in our labor camps. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's so dark. <laughs> you know, I read that he got the equivalent of two billion dollars in free media. Oh yeah, during I his election it. cycle. Yeah, it's it's incredible, you know. And you know, we're sort of culpable on both sides. It's not just the conservative media. No, it's everybody. Know. Yeah, it's everyone. Yeah. You know, and and it's it's the it's it's satirical programs as well. You know, but what I did find interesting, getting back to this particular film, is that. Th- you could, in many ways, draw parallels between Bob Roberts and and this current situation, but um, Bob Roberts is much much tamer. Like the parody from the past mm-hmm. is actually less ridiculous and less extreme than the reality of the present. That's kind of one of the things about this movie that's amazing. I, I remember when I was first saw it, I was pretty young, but I think I first saw it in, in the during the Clinton terms, and I, I wasn't really that politically engaged at the time, and I just thought it was a very funny movie, and and. Just sort of enjoyed it as a as a well made mockumentary, which it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the the satire kind of uh, reality has caught up with the satire, and it's it's become this kind of like weirdly profound thing um, that for some reason I, I watch. Uh, you know, the reason why I recommended this to you was there wasn't anything about it that I was like, oh, this is an arc movie. I had just recently seen it as I kind of watch it at least you know once every four years, and and. I was like, hey, have you seen Bob Roberts? And you said no. And I said, well, let's watch this one. <laughs> because I don't want you to have to watch Toy Story 3's homework. You need to watch that. <laughs> <in your own> <laughs> uh, but thank you for outing me as not having seen Toy Story 3. I will get to that at some point. <laughs> um, I, I, I do love Toy Stories 1 and 2, so at some point I should watch it. Just 3 is the best one, but uh, this is not a Toy Story 3 podcast. <laughs> uh, how how good are the songs in this movie? Oh, yeah. So, so yes, let's get to that. So the songs are so good that it's actually kind of disturbing. He he did not release a soundtrack for fear of people using the songs unironically. I'm not surprised. Because no, they're very effective. I thought about that, and I'm like, man, I really don't want to start singing these. Yeah, they're like, catchy. They're super good. They're super catchy. They're, they're, and I thought to myself, you know, the, the, the film is uh, a, a critique of both uh, the media, for sure, which we've talked about Absolutely, a little bit, yeah. but it's also crit- critique a little bit of the psychology of like mass fascism uh-huh. and the idea of using music to push what I would consider radical ideas or whatever is a really powerful idea. It hasn't been a huge part of this country's history, I don't think, but it could be. I mean, like, I don't think this is far fetched that you could put out uh, if you if you did really great music with a really really unfortunate agenda. Uh, that you could get people to be singing it and talking about it and thinking about it. You know what I mean? It, yeah. Just like the number of people who are on on the other side of things, the number of people who are rapping along with Hamilton right now. I mean, sure, yeah, which yeah. is, you know, something that contains ideas. I, I'm not going to describe them as radical, but you just the power of music and to get in your head and to stay in your head. And these songs were super catchy. I think, yeah. And I, I think what is, uh, uh, what we do see more of today that the movie portrays very well is that like cult of personality. Which, oh, totally. Yeah. You know, if you look at the the, the strongest Trump supporters, uh, they they will shape their understanding of politics to fit whatever nonsense comes out of his mouth, which is kind of a, a miraculous feat because he's not very consistent 
and uh, he's not very lucid, you know. And in this movie, you see like uh, uh, the the way you know one of the, I think this is for a directorial debut. It's it's very impressive as a first movie. It's uh, it's pretty pretty well done. And the um, concert scenes and anytime they have a, a group of Bob Roberts supporters, it feels so authentic. You know, yeah. they're all very maybe minus Jack Black and his brothers. I mean, that's a little over the top, Yeah, but Jack Black is funny. <laughs> he really is. He's a young and very funny Jack Black. Very not Jack Blacky, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess restrained. He was very a very serious actor when he was, when he was studying his craft. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I did not know that. Because he seems like a big old goofball. He does, Big yeah. old teddy bear, yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Jack Black plays the... The, the son of the mayor of one of the cities, maybe Philadelphia. Yeah. And him and his three brothers become, or his two brothers become like the most obsessive Bob Roberts fans to the point where they're actually like violent. They sort of become the character surrogates for that whole crowd. Yeah. You know. So an- another character in the movie is uh, Giancarlo Esposito, who a lot of people know as uh, 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 Gus Fring in Breaking Bad. Yeah, but he's been in like so many things. I mostly know him from Breaking Bad, but, but he has been in a million. Do the right movies. thing, School Days, Usual Suspect, King of New York. He's been in, you know, so many things. Yeah, but anyway, yes, okay. Yeah. So he plays a, uh, a journalist for a, 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 a journalist quote unquote. <laughs> he writes for a publication called Troubled Times, and he's uh, uh, going. He's really trying to expose all of Bob Roberts' corruption, which Bob Roberts has managed to kind of sweep aside, and he becomes a. Uh, uh, an enemy to to all of Bob Roberts' supporters, um, and uh, some of the uh, I, I think so. Basically, uh, there's a the, there's a point where the movie stops being funny to me, and it's after one of the the funniest sequences. He 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 goes on a show called Cutting Edge Live, which is just Saturday Night Live, yeah. and it is a oh with brutal with with, with, uh, with John that's where John Cusack shows up. Yeah, John Cusack yeah. plays. He doesn't play himself, but he plays a John Cusack type who's yeah. hosting the show. Yeah. And it is, it's funny because I believe Tim Robbins hosted Saturday Night Live to support the film. And it's kind of amazing that they let him because he criticizes the relationship between NBC and GE. He calls out Saturday Night Live for um, having uh, no real satirical value, you know, despite the fact that Saturday Night Live gets a lot of, you know, back then and, and before and still today, they do a lot of political comedy. But they are owned by General Electric, which if you're, you know, a Tim Robbins type radical lefty, you know, that's not a company that you really like. <laughs> I, I would say I don't really like General Electric. And 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 the Lauren Michaels surrogate in the show is sort of portrayed as this stooge, you know, this uh, a kind of clueless stooge who's complicit in, in having a, uh, a successful show that is... Uh, uh, essentially a, a, a propaganda tool that's not actually there's no propaganda coming out of the show the the way it's a propaganda tool is it kind of deceives people into thinking that they're seeing something sort of radical or rebellious and it's actually just you know it's just white bread so that that whole sequence is very funny it kind of culminates with one of the producers uh, being so upset that that Bob Roberts is singing this political song. By the way, Donald Trump was on Saturday Night Live, and it was similarly controversial. And she uh, kind of sabotages it, and uh, uh, by by unplugging something, and the lights go out, and, and in the middle of Bob Roberts' song, and when he's leaving, um, 
there is what appears to be an assassination attempt with uh, Giancarlo Esposito's character uh, Bugs Raplin um, as the assassin, and it becomes pretty clear that the whole thing is staged, you know, to help uh, a you know uh, gal- galvanize uh, uh, Bob Roberts' following to kind of turn him into a, a, a near martyr and to villainize Bugs Raplin, who's um, responsible for getting Alan Rickman's character, uh, Lucas Hart, uh, back um, under scrutiny for his shady dealings uh, prior to the events of the film. Um, at that point, the movie becomes less funny. It's a lot of like plot unfolding. There's still funny moments, but they're really kind of trying to tie everything together. And you know, it's such a it's such a sad thing, especially because we've seen it play out over and over and over in our own political system. As it becomes clear that 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 uh, you know, Roberts and his, you know, supporters are so deftly uh, getting through this election and going to win. It becomes, you know, kind of disheartening and, and not really that funny anymore. And eventually Bugs Raplin is killed. And uh, the joy that uh, Bob Roberts followers uh, uh, display when they hear that he's killed. It's like, you know, imagine being... <clears throat> You know, you've you've been in San Francisco when we've won a, a uh, no, not a Super Bowl because it hasn't happened, but like a, <laughs> a, a recently a, a World Series or a you know basketball title. You know, in the way that people are just screaming in the streets and celebrating. This this is the response that people have to the death of a man who's clearly innocent, but they don't they don't care. You know, they they believe what they're told to believe by Bob Roberts and and you know the the people that are com- complicit to Bob Roberts. Well, did did you find that the tone shifted for you after? Oh the, yeah, no, absolutely, yes. Uh, the film goes from being a pretty, you know, funny, goofy take on this whole thing with some, you know, some very serious sort of message undertones, but then it it switches for yeah. sure, and it's it's just sad and disheartening, like you said, and all, the message of the film ultimately is kind of one of failure, right? Yeah, like I mean, you know, you the 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 shot of so. So um, Bob Roberts gets gets this assassination attempt and is supposedly paralyzed from the legs down. Um, and the way that you know that that's a setup is that we see him moving his feet while performing in a wheelchair at his inauguration yeah. party. And just that's basically the way the film ends. Is like a combination of him being proven to the audience to be a fraud but not to the world he's living in and the death of this innocent journalist who's merely trying to expose the corruption of his nonprofit charity broken dove and and his his uh corruption in general and the fact that the, that that's the way the film ends there's really no it's very cynical yeah there's no um, uplifting final anything the well, film then, does not end, but much like the previous film we talked about the the last episode this is not a i mean it's a very fun movie it's very funny i enjoyed it a lot but it's not a uplifting film i think yeah i th- i think if you're you know, if you kind of have those values, you know, if you were feeling the burn, if you were, uh, <laughs> if you're, uh, you know, if you're on the left and, and you have kind of a, 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 I don't want to say radicalized view, but if you're, you know, if you're pretty cynical about just the media and the whole political process in general, uh, I think this is a movie that is, is entertaining, but kind of at the end of it, you just sort of nod your head and go, yeah, you know, there's no, uh, there's no comeuppance for Bob Roberts. No, nothing bad happens to Bob Roberts. Nothing bad happens to Alan Rickman's character. Nope. No one, everyone you like loses. Everyone, you know, everything. All hope is lost, essentially. And there's and and you worry about what this, you know, radicalized as I'm going to use the word the other way, but radicalized army of young men and women 
who are just completely obsessed with Bob Roberts are likely to do moving forward. There's there's a shot where one of uh, Jack Black's friends, one one of the youths who's very, very uh, uh, into Bob Roberts and, and almost worships him like a god, is is staring at his hotel room window. And he sees a figure silhouetted behind a, a, a curtain or a Venetian blind, and he sees him turn off a light, and he smiles, you know? And he thinks it's Bob, and he sees Bob walking. And it's like, he knows the whole thing is real. He knows that this Bugs Raplin has been murdered in cold blood for no reason, yeah. because he's been set up by Bob Roberts. And this smile creeps over his face, and it is just such a... Such a horrible moment, you know? It's a really, really ugly, ugly moment that says a lot about how Tim Robbins views perhaps people that have uh, uh, political ideologies other than his own, you know? Uh, yeah, we're making this film seem really uh, not like something most people should want to watch. But it's, it's hilarious. It's so funny. It's yeah. so funny. It's dark humor. It's Yeah, it's a, it's a dark comedy, and uh, but the songs are great. And again, the first hour is just like, it is pretty masterful for a a first time feature there are these really really elaborate shots that go on for minutes that go through entire buildings and and really elaborate set pieces and and they're they're so well put together you know he made two other movies i I never saw dead man walking i never did either actually but i did see his third movie cradle will rock and i thought it was okay but Mm -hmm. a little bit of a mess you know yeah um not this one. This one's not really... Like I said, I think it, in parts it drags a little bit. I mean, I think my, my feeling early on was like, oh my God, this is so amazing. Like, it comes out of the gate ridiculously yeah. strong. And I was just like, how do people not know about this? How did I not know about it? Which I want to talk about, actually. So this, this film has a 100% positive on Rotten Tomatoes. That's true. Yeah. Which is not something I particularly care about, but I thought it was notable in its, you, you know, uniformity. Yeah. And it's... it it I thought it was great. Uh-huh. Why Why is it? Do you think it's just because it is sort of a... A downer view on on society. Why is this movie not? Why why can I, why is it almost impossible to find this movie? This is a question that I ask myself every time I watch this movie. Like I I find it shocking that this is not more in the public consciousness. There's a Simpsons episode that's named for it. Although the Simpsons is sort of known for for naming episodes after really obscure things. Yeah. Um, I think it's yeah. I think it's just so funny and uh, uh, it's it's really a brilliant. The movie. cast alone, it just is hard to believe that this many people that are big, even still today, some of these people are pretty you know well known people. Uh, maybe less so than they were then, but I don't think James Spader is actually you know is not well known at this point. It's, you know, uh, I believe James Spader's new show Blacklist, I think it's called. That's that for a while was the most popular show on Netflix. Yeah, and so it's just like it blows my mind that this movie with all these people. Is just gone. Yeah. I've never heard of it. Never heard of it. What do you think? Do you think things just sometimes kind of slip through the cracks? Or do you think it's because it is so politically charged? Yeah, I wonder if at the time it didn't... You know, it, it seems like sometimes these things, either, if they don't connect at the time of release, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it's sometimes hard for them to find their, their second life. And then also, I, I don't know how uh, a movie like this, you know, would find its, its footing now. I mean, it's funny because I think it actually, right now... Would be a great, like you said, every four years you watch it. Mm-hmm. I think every four years there's an opportunity for this movie to sort of be refound and find a new audience and find yeah. a new audience. But I don't even know how that happens anymore because you know, in the olden days, which are not that old, long ago, this would have been like video stores and things of people saying, "Oh, yeah. it's in my head." Someone like you who likes this movie a lot would be at a store and talk. I mean, you know, you did that anyway for me because you know me. But I recommend this movie to people all the time, and the conversation goes the exact same way every single time. Is it on Netflix? No. Well. 
<laughs> I'll probably just watch something else then. Yeah, and so this was a this was a Miramax film, and I wonder if that maybe it's part of the problem is it's been lost in the dissolution and and, and uh-huh. destruction of Miramax. It's also Studio Canal, which doesn't they're working with Lionsgate. Like it could be rights issues that are kind of keeping this from being as prevalent. It's it's certainly not on any streaming services. It's not even on iTunes for 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 downloading. Yeah. I mean, you have to buy a DVD, like a not great quality DVD. It's also not. Hasn't been remastered. Yeah. It's, I mean, there are a lot of things. Maybe uh, Criterion should take a look at it. <laughs> Maybe they should. You know, I, one of the, actually, it's funny you say that because one of the things I thought of as I was watching this is, wow, this is so unknown. And uh, are you familiar with Tanner 88? Yeah, the Altman one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that film, it, uh, uh, that that series, or is it Altman? It's Gary Trudeau. Is it also Altman? I believe I'm saying so. saying that now, and now I'm, and I'm saying, oh, wait, people out there are going to be like, that's not Altman, you don't know well, what you're talking about. So there's about. Tanner on Tanner, and there's Tanner 88, right? Right, so Tanner 88 was a miniseries, uh, directed by Robert Altman, yep. absolutely. So this is, uh, it was an HBO miniseries during the 88 election that is like, also a mockumentary about uh, a, polit- a political candidate running and trying to frame, done by, you know, D- uh, Doonesbury's Gary Trudeau mm-hmm. and, and Robert Altman. And this is in the Criterion Collection. Mm-hmm. It's one of very few TV shows. There are a few, but it's not a lot of TV shows that are in the Criterion yeah. Collection. And I've watched—I haven't watched all of it uh, yet. I've watched some of it, and I, I think Bob Roberts is better. Really? So, uh, at least in the um, parts of it that I've watched, it—it it was um, much slower than than Roberts. But I don't know. Like, it had an influence on The West Wing. It's really well known. Hmm. Blah, blah blah. You know, Robert Altman is obviously a very famous director and this and that yeah, it does seem like this movie doesn't have much of a legacy and maybe that no. would negate it from you know that would disqualify it from being in the criterion collection i don't think it's really good enough to be in the criterion collection but that's not necessarily the only measure why they add things so. that's that's fair I, I i think it's really excellent and and uh just to go back to your greater point it is it is sort of curious that more people haven't seen this movie i don't know what else to say i just think it's really uh, wonderful and uh more people should watch it oh yeah definitely no for sure and i think yeah especially right now although Maybe not right now because you're gonna watch it. and You're gonna be like, "Oh man, this yeah, is gonna, gonna happen." Make you feel better. No, it's not gonna make anybody feel better. Yeah, um, definitely not. But it's it will make you laugh. It is it is very very funny and not just like it is a dark comedy. But there's genuine just like, oh, that's funny yeah. comedy in yeah. this movie. There's comedy. Uh, I agree with you. I hope no one ever puts the song. I hope he never does release the soundtrack of the songs because I think they're actually fairly dangerous. One of the songs uh, is originally from the movie Tape Heads with different lyrics. Do you know oh, that movie with uh, yes, Tim Robbins and John Cusack? Yeah. There's a song in the movie called Retake America. Mm. And uh, oh, I don't remember what it's called in Tape Heads. <laughs> but that song is originally <laughs> Well, in specifically Tape Heads the song words. Don't Vote would be really dangerous, I think, at any point in time. Yeah. I and mean, that is what a terrible, terrible message that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so th- this is... Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for telling me about this film. Because if if you had, and to be honest with you, you told me about this film months ago, mm-hmm. and I didn't watch it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't because it's not on Netflix. It's just because I'm bad about watching things. Sure, yeah. people suggest things. Well, you got time. a lot on your plate, Arik. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really glad that you kept with your guns and you made me watch it because I, I I'm very happy I've seen it. And uh, I, I I'm also here to try to sort of evangelize it down the road and hope that hope that we get a big response of people saying, oh, I love it too. Like you guys yeah. don't know, it's it's actually really well known. Take so. our word for it. It's a little tough to find. Yeah, but you know, if you want to have that, you know, you probably have friends that don't listen to this podcast. There are probably corners of the world where people don't religiously listen to this podcast. We're finding those corners and we're, <laughs> we're playing this podcast in them. But if you're uh, if you're listening to this, get a copy of Bob Roberts, invite a few friends over, and they're going to think, "Oh my god, how did you find out about this movie? You have such great taste. You don't have to tell them you got it from us." <laughs>
We won't. Tell this you. one is on us. This is a yeah. freebie. You can look really cool and you yeah. can look really savvy and like you're, you know, curating your own personal collection well with Bob Roberts. We don't need the credit. We don't even, we're, we're net, we will, our mouths are shut. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again so much, Herb, for joining me for this. this it was, was really, really fun. my pleasure. I, I can't, uh, I appreciate it. I, I'm a little embarrassed because you've had some uh, pretty intelligent, accomplished guests on here and uh, i don't really deserve to be that company but it's it's, <laughs> it's nice to be here all the same <laughs> well i think you've done a great job so um for everyone out there uh you can find out more about the show at cinema gadfly on twitter or cinemagadfly.com uh you know subscribe to us on itunes overcast wherever you wherever good podcasts are are found uh leave us reviews if you want i always love to get feedback uh it's it's, it's wonderful and um we'll be back next month with a totally different guest and two totally different movies so uh until then Good night. I'm a bleeding heart. Let's give money away to lazy people in the slums. I'm a bleeding heart. Let's eliminate our nuclear bombs. Arabs can be our friends. Right. Don't vote if you believe in that. We'll be fine with that. See what you believe.